0: and scott scott and liz a pleasure to be speaking with you both well first throw to liz besides how are you how's your oh, day i'm
1: good how are you
0: i'm great thank you very much your character on from how much is there in you the human being
1: liz uh um i would I, you know what i'd say a lot it's smaller versions of it uh of donna um there are places Donna goes that I ha I don't go in my daily life but I'm learning actually she's I'm learning to have a voice more of a voice because Donna doesn't have the same little guy that goes please be quiet she'll just speak up so I'm learning oh I I can do a bit of that um but I you know I think we draw so much from ourselves it's just parts of me they don't necessarily express themselves the same way as donna but mm-hmm. it it's, it's all components of me and mm-hmm. and and my experience of the world
0: same question at you scott with victor is there much victor in scott the human being
2: i would i i mean i think there just has to be you know because i think that you know if i i believe in in all of us having a kind of a committee of selves within us and as actors you know we get that that that's uh That pleasure of of pulling something like that out and what was interesting was when for the audition process for this i was given very little in terms of character description but it just spoke you know to me right away i could feel the music of of victor and how he speaks and all of that kind of came immediately so that was waiting to just get out that's a part of me that i feel like um uh I feel very connected too. So there's a, there's a lot of me in there. And yet, you know, and I know Liz feels the same way with Donna, and yet in terms of what we're getting each, with each script, you know, and, and more of our characters, and, you know, their, their conflicts and everything are you know, expanding with this mm-hmm. with this story. Uh, um, there's these beautiful challenges of uncharted territory, you know, where all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're going over here for this one, you know? Uh, great season ahead for that, I think for for all the characters.
0: Well, something that you two have in common for my research besides being part of from is you both have had success in doing voiceover and animated work and done anime related work in general. Is this Liz something that you've ever talked about with Scott?
1: We've talked a little bit about it, yeah. uh, and, but actually the place it comes from is Scott and my husband, Cliff who played Dale, the guy <laughs> I punched you two did uh camp lake bottom together yeah yeah they did lots of stuff together my 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 like really franklin the turtle is my my biggie but he's the voice king
2: right
1: are are you
0: okay with being called the voice king scott
2: i I don't know i'm feeling kind of awkward right now i I don't know what to do here at least if i could hug you i would
0: okay paul patrol is one of them i do believe
2: the second person that's brought that up today uh, yeah, that's that's the, just the gift that keeps on giving, you know, because I'm not, I don't think I'm actually on that show a lot. I was more so in earlier seasons, but um, I need more kids. It's still it's still alive and going, right? You know, it's a big it's a big show. Do- Does
0: sound I, like- I think it's fantastic when, like Maurice LaMarche, you could do really dramatic stuff, but then you could do the things that make the kids happy at the same time. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah, you both thank for your you. time and really looking forward to maybe a season three and whatever other roles that you have come in the near future.
2: Thanks, man. Thanks so no, much. Thank
1: you.
0: Ian, aside from answering the same questions over and over and over again, how's your day going so far?
3: It's going really well. And uh, I, 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 I love this process. And by the way, you must be having a nice day. What a nice space you have. It looks like a great house.
0: Well, thank you. The plant just fell over 30 seconds ago, but I mean, what can you do? But anyway, it looks
3: uh, looks healthy otherwise.
0: I'll tell the wife that. Uh, So from is an acclaimed great series. When you first auditioned for it, did you know that you were going for the particular role that you have now? Or is it an accidental casting of sorts?
3: I knew I, I
0: was going for this
3: role. I knew and then how much
0: of the role is there in you, the human being, because you've managed to keep up a mystique over the years in terms of separating your craft from the human being.
3: Oh, huh. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know I had, uh, achieved that. Thank you. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of me it, because it, it's definitely not a character piece. Uh, and I knew that being a series, um, the, the best thing to do would be to find all the ways in which Jim is more like me than not. And there are some dis, dis, distinct differences, but the things that I could hook into are husband, family man, father of children, uh, the feeling of being trapped in a place that you cannot get out of was very... um appropriate in the last couple of years. and the um, uh, predators that feed on human uh, grief and and misery and and take advantage of people's mm-hmm. situations, that felt like, okay, I can extrapolate that from life all around uh so so there's plenty of the circumstances all could could line up and ultimately there's a lot of uh uh myself and jim but he's an engineer and i'm not an engineer uh he's he's logic and reason first and i'm more emotionally driven first luckily i found this line of work um so yeah there's a there's a lot of me in it well sometimes uh when you go through an actor's resume
0: in your case you're a coach, you're a senator, you've done a lot of different things. Your role in Almost Famous has nothing to do with your role in From, same with your role in Emily in Paris. So we've seen you in a lot of great productions over the years. And I know that you've also directed a short. Should we be expecting more directing and or producing work from you in the future?
3: Yes, directing is definitely, I enjoyed that process so much and I love, and then I came to find out I, I love working with actors too so I, I I used to always when when I got really into cinema in high school, and I and and I knew every director's name. That's how I knew movies. Who directed mm-hmm. it. It wasn't actors first. It was always, oh, Ingmar Br- Bergman directed that. Uh, M- M- Scorsese and Brian de Palma. and I, I knew these people first, and then the actors second. So I don't know. It's always been in the back of my mind that. My respect for directors I'm, i mean I'm, I'm i'm married to a director i've got a lot of uh respect for directors and uh, so i yeah yes <laughs> i'll say I, it now it's gonna happen more
0: i believe it i believe it i'll keep checking the imdb and the last question i have before i let you go when you're in a meaty role like this like jim matthews do you like to get the scripts episodes in advance or do you really just take it episode by episode page by page
3: Yes. Episode by episode, page by page, stay in the moment. Um, gosh, who's that writer who wrote that book, The Now, In The Now? It, um, you remember that book? It was like a hot thing for a, for a minute. Being in the now is the, is the practice with this show because you can't be in the future and there's no point in being in the past and they're not going to tell you what's coming down the pike anyways. So... I just take it as it comes, and when the next script comes, oh, okay, that's interesting. I can get into that. All right, and then Hold do man. that one scene at a time. Here's the help. work
0: shows, Ian. So, thank you for your time, and really hope we get a season three out of From.
3: Okay, get that plant uh, back up straight. Okay, nice to talk to you. What, hey, what's your what's your um, uh, affiliation called again?
0: The Paltrow Cast with Darren Paltrowitz. Okay, right on, Darren. Clever name, I know. (laughs) Thanks, Ian. First question I have, do I call you Ian, Dr. Ian, Dr. Smith? What do you like to be called? Ian or Dr. Ian. Dr. Ian, it's a pleasure. I first found out about you through Celebrity Fit Club like a lot of people. And through my day job, I see you on the Rally Health videos all the time. So it's one of those things where we see you constantly whether or not we want to. So congratulations on this new book. How
4: long did it take for you to put it together? Well, The Metflex Diet really um, is a book that has an interesting origin. Um, So many people would hit me up on Facebook or Instagram and they would say, hey, Dr. Ian, you know, I'm doing all the right things that you say. I'm eating better. I'm moving better. And I still can't get the number on the scale to move. And so I'm doing some research and I come across a term called metabolic flexibility. And I'm like, "Okay, that's interesting. Basically, um, metabolic flexibility is the body's ability to be able to efficiently burn two of the major types of fuel easily. So the body likes to burn carbs and fats. Sometimes the body can burn carbs well and not fats. Sometimes it can burn fats well and not carbs. So in that particular instance, when you can only burn one or the other, I call that having your metabolism being stuck. And the idea behind my Metflex diet is we're going to unstick your metabolism because the reason people weren't losing weight is not because they were doing the wrong thing, their metabolism was stuck. So this is a six week program that unsticks your metabolism. And now when you see carbs, you can burn those carbs. When you see fats, you can burn those fats. So it's really allowing your body to have the flexibility to burn whatever you're
1: eating.
0: Hmm. How does this compare to prior books you've written? I would have to assume continued learning is a big process and part of who you are and what you are. So in other words, do you read some of your old stuff and go, what was I thinking?
4: Well, it's interesting. Yes. Um, and some of the science has changed. For example, we always believe that at the age of 30 that your metabolism just fell off the cliff. Right. Like, boom, you're gone. Not true. Come to find out, between the ages of twenty to sixty, your metabolism is relatively stable. Who knew that? So it's not about the speed of your metabolism for a lot of people. It's about this metabolic inflexibility that you have and don't realize it, but that you can change. It's interesting. So, uh, with all my programs, um I always do a Facebook group. I give them early access to the plan to get feedback from them. And so, Uh, The name of the group is called Metflex Diet. So people should join us now. Mm -hmm. I'm in the group interacting with you. I do two Zoom coaching sessions free every single week week, uh, for the members of the group. Um, And it's very interactive. But what I learned from them was number one, they lost up to 20 pounds in six weeks. The average weight loss was about 14 pounds. They dropped between eight to 10 inches in six weeks. Um, And beyond that, and those are big numbers, by the way, but beyond that, they, some people lowered their blood pressure, the cholesterol levels, their glucose levels. They lowered some of their medications for these chronic conditions. And mm-hmm. so writing it wasn't hard. It was a matter of getting and gathering information and, and incorporating the new science.
0: I have the book, but a quick answer that a lot of people are going to ask before they pick up the book. Can they drink alcohol on the Metflex
4: diet? 100%. This is the first program where I really said to people, it's okay to have alcohol. Now you can't have it every day. You can't drink to overindulgence, but yes, you're gonna be able to have alcohol on certain days, wine, a mixed drink, some beer. Um, And and what people have said about the program and what I like about it, because that's how I wrote it, is how doable it is, how accessible it is. The food is affordable, the food is tasty. Sometimes you're gonna have what I call fun foods. I don't say cheap foods sometimes fun foods. You're going to have pancakes and bacon. You're going to have pasta, some pizza, a steak. You're going to have these foods sometimes. Um, And I think that that is why people are sticking to the plan so well because there are foods they enjoy. I'm just teaching them how to eat them in the right portion and at the right time so they can still lose weight and become more metabolically flexible.
0: Now over to you for a second. A lot of doctors, I, I should say almost every single doctor never makes it to television and media and entertainment related success. When was it that you started to realize that you were just more than a person that would work in a private practice or a hospital?
4: Um, when I was an, in, uh, an intern in the hospital and residency, um, I started working um, at uh, WNBC in New York City. Uh, as an on-air doc, Um, and it just kind of grew from a single appearance all the way to me becoming a national medical correspondent for the Today Show and Nightly News. So um, I guess back then, I thought, well, this could be very interesting, but no one else, I mean, some people were doing it, but not a lot. It was very different. Um, People thought it was weird that I was doing it. Um, (laughs) It wasn't something people looked up to at the time, believe it or not. When I would go on stories and try to get doctors to talk about their research. I wanted to interview them to talk about what they were doing. Uh, Many of them refused the interviews. Now you can't get doctors off of TV.
0: Right. I, I look at that evolution as being very similar to the chef where nowadays, the chef doesn't just want to own the restaurant. They want to have the cookbooks. They want to be on the morning shows and all that, which is the path that you cleared. So when exactly did it go from, hey, a one or two appearance kind of thing to realizing, hey, I'm going to be on TV a lot. So I need to keep things fresh.
4: Probably about a year, year and a half in, um, I went from one day to two days to three days and it just kind of kept growing. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, there was, like I said, There was no one really doing it where I was doing it. And so it was a wide open field. There were people smattering throughout the country, but there weren't a lot of us doing it. And so I really had a wide open um, opportunity and it just kept increasing. So about a year, year and a half in, I realized, wow, this this may become the thing for me.
0: And here you are. So. Having finished this book and it's acclaimed and everyone wants to speak with you, does that make you go end on a high note or could we see another book from you in a couple of years when you have your next discovery?
4: A couple of years? I got a book coming out in a month and a half. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, I I, I write novels. I write novels. So I wrote, I write a mystery series that's based in Chicago. It's a really cool character named Ash Kane. Um, And so the third installment of that mystery series comes out on May 30th. It's called the overnights and it's a lot of fun. It's gotten, it's been optioned to become a television show. So that comes out May 30th. So I just, I like to write two books a year. I like to do nonfiction health related. And then I like to be creative and and write mysteries and fiction. So um, I hope to be able to keep that publishing schedule for a while.
0: Okay. So that kind of blows my mind. The two books a year plus the appearances, plus the speaking engagements, which may or may not be online because, hey, we all know about corporate gigs and private gigs and all that kind of stuff. How are you able to get so much done? Are you a big checklist to-do list calendar person? Is there a team of Dr. Ian? What's the deal?
4: Well, unfortunately, it's just me uh, doing all this. But here's the thing. Pandemic was good to me in the sense that it gave me a lot of quiet time and focused time to write. I wrote three books during the pandemic. Um, And so it really was very productive for me. Um, Also, I'm a big compartmentalizer. Like I can turn it off and turn it on. I can put it in a box and put it away then go back and get it. And so I think my ability to compartmentalize allows me to move from different boxes in my life very fluidly and allows me to be productive.
0: Well, down to two quick questions and then I'll let you go. And the first one is putting you on the spot here. What have you eaten today, and had to drink?
4: Hmm. Uh, I drank um, some lemon water um, while I was in the gym
5: early this morning. And I have eaten. Wow. Um, I am fasting. So
4: I haven't broke. I just I was. Oh, no, that's not true. I I did do a fast, intermittent fasting, but I ate some strawberry yogurt um, is what I had. Uh, And now I'm gonna have lunch um, and I'm gonna eat some lean protein, maybe some salmon or some chicken.
0: On brand. And the last question, where does Dr. Ian stand on energy drinks?
4: I think that you have to be very careful with energy drinks. I think that some of them can be helpful But there are so many processed and artificial ingredients in these drinks. Um, you got to be careful. you got to be careful about uh, the level of caffeine and the other things that they're putting in. So it's just one of those situations, buyer beware. I'm not going to knock or endorse any particular brand. But I will say that, you know, if you're drinking energy drinks, do your homework um, on which is best for you and what their, their profile, their nutritional profile is like. These things have a lot of calories. Some of them have a lot of sugar. And a lot of caffeine and other things that you don't want. So you just gotta be you just gotta be careful. I understand the need for people wanting to have some type of energy boost, but you just have to be very careful where you're getting it from.
0: Unless there's a Dr. Ian energy drink in the works (laughs) that's clean with the good ingredients, with the right amount of sugar. Is that something that we may eventually see?
4: Man, let me tell you something. My bandwidth is so stretched right now. (laughs) I am at bandwidth between, as you say, doing appearances. I love writing my books. I have a family. So Um, I'm at bandwidth, but, you know, I like what I'm doing. I like the space that I'm in. I love helping people. Uh, I like making things simple, affordable, and accessible. And the Metflex diet, to me, with the recipes and the daily meal plan and the exercise instruction that doesn't require a gym membership, that's kind of how I like to work with the general public and, of course, my Facebook group, where I get to interact with people and do my Zoom sessions to coach them for free. Uh, So once again, join my Facebook. It's called Metflex Diet, the name of the book. And on Instagram, I like to post a lot of workout videos, a lot of food videos. My Instagram is at Dr. Ian Smith, spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith.
0: You are a shining light, Dr. Ian. Thank you for being you and looking forward to that uh, fiction series, which I didn't know about. Thank you for the information about that as well. I would love to talk to you about it. Thank you so much. Outrocast. I'll throw the first one at Dwayne. Besides, how are you? Uh, How did you connect with Scott, the producer?
5: I connected with Scott um, long before this flick ever took place. I've known Scott since, uh, we've known each other since, what, 94, 95, something like that. I've known him a long time. And, uh, you know, he was a stand-up. That's how we met. He was doing stand-up. And then he... Moved to l a did stand up and then moved into writing and producing and directing, so yeah, I've known him a long time. Um, and then at some point, I was telling people it was for this project, but I don't think so. It was I had put he and Michael together for some other thing that Michael was working on, right? Yeah, Scottish.:
1: Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a script.:
5: Yeah, yeah, it was a script, so yeah, so that's how Scott came to be involved with us, with Michael, with the production. You know, um, Michael Michael shot a lot of footage. I think he started yeah. like in 16. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, the whole project was initiated through him, Michael Alexander. So, and then he brought me on and then he, he got a lot of footage. Like I said, it was, a, but it was just like an aggregation of footage. It wasn't really, you know, a story or didn't really have an arc. And so then Scott came on board and we, uh, last year, we went and just drove around the city, shot B-roll, did some additional interviews, and then Scott put it in a whole, you know, gave it a, gave it a structure. Through right. It his, his editing skills and storytelling prowess. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: Scott, I've heard a bunch of buzzwords. So I've come up with a theory right now on you. Okay. We know that writer, producer, was a stand-up, moved to LA, Were you one of those development deal people in the Friends Seinfeld boom?
6: Uh, No, no, I actually think I I missed out on that. I I wish I was, Uh, but no, I I ended up uh, writing more feature scripts, and my whole like that whole time period for me was oh, this is really close, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. You get a huge star attached to something, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, then it doesn't happen. And then uh, after a certain period of time, uh, I ended up stumbling into documentary filmmaking, which caused me to stumble into editing, which caused me to uh, do more of this stuff. And so I've kind of been lucky enough to... Be able to do things from the very beginning to the very end, like you can start with a concept and then end with uh, editing it all together. This, as Dwayne was saying, this project, uh, I was brought in a little bit later, uh, but... Um, But yeah, what was wonderful about this project, one, what Dwayne was talking about, going just to Chicago, touring the north side, the south side, getting to see parts of the city that I I grew up on the north side. And and I got to see parts of the south side that were like a whole different world to me. And it was wonderful to see it. And it it added so much to what the
0: story that we ended up telling. Right. Dwayne, Big fan of your stand up. And of course, your credits have Seinfeld and Martin and Hal High, so many TV and film projects that I've enjoyed over the years. You uh, Did you write for Arsenio or you produced on Arsenio? I wrote for Arsenio. Yeah. Yes. I mean, an important part of my childhood, Arsenio, because it got all the great
5: bands before any other talk show did. Like, that's oh, the I'm one sorry. I, had. I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay. I wrote for the second iteration of Arsenio.
0: Oh,
5: okay. The yeah, yeah, yeah. produced one, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, yeah. that one was cool too. You had the <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus with Fred Durst collaboration on that. Yeah, well, you know.
5: Yeah, yeah. This is probably a little bit after after. This was after your childhood when you were an an, an older scarred uh, man. Yeah, yeah. And
6: then he was on the second iteration of Seinfeld, starring uh, Joe Peterson. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah, this yeah.
0: day and age of reboots. You never know. I, oh, I wouldn't be shocked if I missed a Seinfeld reboot. Be- oh, man. Or, or like Phil Rosenthal went to Russia to make
5: another Seinfeld or something <laughs> like that. You yeah. Know. That could but, be a spectacular disaster. <laughs> I'd watch it. but Yeah, I think everybody would watch it once. <laughs> but uh, where I was going before
0: the, all those compliments, Dwayne, how much of the Chicago comedy history did you know before you started making the film versus seeing the film and researching and learning from that?
5: That's a good question. Um, I learned a lot. I mean, I learned about all the things that Tom Dreesen was talking about and the, you know, and the open mics used to run and how Marshall, you know, first got started. So I, I learned a lot of things and, you know, from those days to this, because even now, because the scene has grown so much and is so diverse that you're still learning from people who are doing it now, you know, and the venues that they do it, and the in the and the perspectives that they bring to it. Um, so, I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot.
0: Got it. I my comedy knowledge of Chicago. I think with most people, you kind of learn that SNL pulled a lot of people from Second City, but then mm-hmm. over time, you go, Hey, Richard Kind he was there and you don't necessarily associate him with that yet. It's all these different backgrounds. You said, Tom Dreesen. I know yeah. he was in one of the first integrated comedy teams ever. Yeah. with Tim Reed, Tim and Tom, yeah. exactly. Tim and yeah. Tom. So yeah. is there so much more and Scott might have an answer for this. That's different from yours. Is there a lot of cutting room floor stuff for, for putting together this film? Because obviously in doing 50 to 60 years of comedy fitting into 90 minutes, kind of a lot to do there
6: yeah there's uh a ton of things uh, uh that that didn't make it into the movie there are a ton of people that didn't make it into the movie uh there, like truth be told uh when i started looking at how i could construct it into something mm-hmm. i really looked at some of the more uh the bigger names like Dion Cole and uh and Jeff Garland and some of those people that I thought would would make people want to see the story more like could be an entree into seeing what it was. And so there are uh probably there might be 30-40 comics that were interviewed that didn't make it into the thing. Uh, like as Dwayne was saying Michael Alexander uh, for about seven, eight years was just interviewing every comic from Chicago that he, uh, he liked or, or thought would be a valuable addition to the story. And so there was a ton of footage. Uh, so, so, uh, there's, I don't know if there's enough to find other stories in it. Um, but uh, but yeah, lots of stuff uh, did not make it into the cut. Lots of things that were a little bit hard to edit out. Uh, but uh, we were trying to find as much of a, a focus as we could with the footage that we had.. Outro cast.